0: when you put your boomer uncle in a room with a couple of Gen X's old enough to be your mom lots of dad jokes and plenty of advice and that's what we have for you today some wisdom from property experts who have been around the block a few times and across the ditch a bit further than the ditch isn't it but i hear you ask who is boomer uncle welcome to your first home buyer guide the podcast
1: for first home buyers who want to get it right
0: I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyer's agents and probably old enough to be your mums, but that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step.
1: Now we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode and if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini
0: course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information.
1: few months ago, we received an email with a subject line, oh, my God, you are my spirit animals. <laughs> of course, we initially thought it was a scam, but when we opened the email and read, I do what you do in the US, started my podcast in March 2019, I have helped thousands of US and Canada first-timers. I would love to chat with you. So we checked it out and discovered an American man who reminds us a bit of ourselves, weirdly enough. He's been referred to as a boomer uncle by some of his listeners, even though he's not even a baby boomer, he's also Gen X just like us. And then we met him on a video call. We could tell that even though the US property market is very different to here, there are some similarities in the lessons that old-timers like us can share with with you all. So here we are, and Megan is going to introduce our special guest, our Baby Boomer uncle, to you right now.
0: Firstly, David, welcome. This is a lot of fun.
2: This is, I, I'm telling you, I love the fact that you made fun of me saying, oh my God, in my <laughs> subject line of my email. But I'm sorry, I'm a Southern California American kid and I was I was literally <laughs> Just searching podcasts, and I'm flipping through, and I'm flipping through, and I found like you know a couple new people in America that weren't very good, and there was some good ones in the UK, and then I found yours, and I flipped my down under. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let, let me tell you a little bit about david david began his real estate career in 2005 and after serving hundreds of first home buyers in southern california in 2019 he decided he was sick and tired of seeing first home buyers being treated like garbage by the real estate industry he kept seeing them passed over by the experienced realtors and used as guinea pigs for brand new agents getting their feet wet we've seen that here and Learning the trade, if you like. Well, he didn't have time to retrain the entire industry as we'd all like to. So he decided to start How to Buy a Home podcast and peel back the curtain for first home buyers. Let them know the insider secrets and let them find the rare professionals that would give them service, the service they deserve. Now, with almost 800,000 downloads and hours of free education and videos at howtobuyahome.com, the revolution has begun and first timers all over the US and Canada are getting empowered with real expertise from a true advocate. All frustrated renters seeking real quality information and guidance. David, awesome.
2: Thanks so much. I, I can't tell you how much fun it was to find my two moms down under. Uh, <laughs> you, your your. Passion and fun and vibrance I went it was great because it's you know like I've got kids that are 16 and 12 and when they come home and tell me that the brilliance their teachers just taught them you mean the same thing I've been saying for 16 years <laughs> it's when yeah. someone else says it isn't it <laughs> so it's phenomenal that I've got you I mean I'm just I'm telling all my listeners I'm like go to your first home buyer guide podcast and listen to the moms because they're spitting the same facts that I've been spitting for so long and I love it and I, I'm really I really love talking to you guys. This is gonna be fun.
0: There's some, some real differences between the US and, and Australia. And I, I think we want to really point that out because this is not about us giving advice to each other's listeners. It's it's actually there's some underlying strategies and some mindset that is common across all first home buyers. and that's really the essence of what we wanted to share, isn't it? because it's it's about having a mindset, a really long-term mindset, but being able to make decisions now with the information that we've got now and where we are in the world today.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably, you know, in the the times that we've chatted a little bit already, just you know it's, it, we sound like a, a a bad, you know, commercial trying to preach diversity that, you know, we're all alike in so many ways. Uh, <laughs> what's re- You know, it's so different, the buying process there than it is here. Mm. And it's actually because of that difference that you have you, – your homes appreciate faster. You have variable mortgages where we have fixed. But mm. in general, the thing that really blew my mind when we were talking is just – the one thing we see with first-time homebuyers is the fear the confusion Mm -hmm. and and then they start buying with this beautiful little phrase that we just kind of popped on it's it's a present day mindset for a long-term goal and i think we can talk about that everywhere all over the globe is you know a 22 year old buys like a 22 year old and we're trying to help them and say hey crazy uncle Two moms here. Let's go ahead and buy like a Gen Xer, even though you're a Gen Z. Mm. <laughs> see
0: if you can see if you can pull some of the experience out of our brains and use that to your advantage.
2: Good luck in there, but have some fun.
1: So I'm going <laughs> to kick off. I'm going to kick off with one of my life lessons. This is almost like the Gen X's life hacks, right? Yeah, I love it for first-time <laughs> buyers. Gen X's life hacks for first home buyers or present-day mindset for the long term. And the reason that you've got to think long term is because even though your first property might, um, you might not own it for 30 years or you might depending on where you are, but your first property, you will sell it and upgrade it and up sell Mm. it and upgrade it potentially. And in 30 years' time, whatever you buy today will have counted, will have made a huge difference to where you are in 30 years' time. And you may not think it because I'm – I'm the oldest of the trio, right? <laughs> but I'm still Gen X, but I'm 3 years Just off being in. a boomer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 3 years off being a boomer, so I'm not a, I'm not I'm not going to actually say my age out loud, but I can tell you I still remember 3 decades ago and I was not I was only a couple of years off buying my first property and oh my god, I could never have imagined the options I have available to me now as a result mm. of making those decisions then. Mm. But one thing that I have learned so, this is my first hack. I have my three. Is that the world never actually ends, right? <laughs> so, I still remember being in real estate. So God, it's felt like it a few times. Hasn't I it? know. Think about <laughs> the G, what we call the GFC mm-hmm. um, in Australia. What do you call it? The credit crunch? No, they call it the credit crunch in the UK. What do you call the GFC the, the in, the, in the US? Recession. The Great Recession. The Great Recession. Mm-hmm. So, that was in 2008. Right. And I remember th- I'd just become a buyer's agent a couple of years earlier or a year earlier, actually. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's the end of this career. But back before that, <laughs> oh, that 9-11, 9 happened, yeah. 2001. And I'd been a sales agent at that point for roughly 18 months. And I thought, that's it. That's it. I've just started, just started kicking some goals. And mm. It's all over now. That's it. And you do, you think that when you're younger, you do think every massive crisis, I've got a okay, down tools, that's it, all all done, all my optimism done. There is absolutely no upside here. It's like when people talk about property, pri- property prices crashing. That's it, they're all done forever. They're never, ever, ever going to yeah. rise again, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I... There's been a few times through my life when I was younger when I've literally thought that that's it, never going to be the same again. And whilst it's things never are never the come same again, never back to the way it was. Yeah. Well, I know, but they don't fall off a cliff and then just disappear, right? So but that- isn't
0: that the, the beauty of invention? And you know, something happens that you don't expect, and suddenly you've got to go, well, what am I going to do with this? And is that kind of the basis of what you're you're going with, Veronica? And and part of that life hack is, it might not be the same as it was going to be, but geez, it could be better.
1: Well, it might. It's just going to be different, but it's also not
0: going to end.
1: <laughs> not necessarily, <Yeah. laughs> you know. So that's my
0: first life hack.
2: Yeah, I what do you got,
0: David? Come on, I was, hit gonna, us with I was, gonna, I was just
2: going to add on to that and say, I don't. You know, uh, it, this isn't Bitcoin, gang. This has been around. <laughs> this yeah, is, this has been around for centuries. There was a there was a statistic in the United States that said that uh, since the Revolutionary War. If you owned a property for 10 years, you never lost money since 1776. Now, the only time that that happened where there was one 10-year period on the calendar was when we had our Great Recession. But that would have been if you timed it awfully. What was crazy about our Great Recession was in 2008, everything crashed. By 2013, just five years, the market was back. And mm. two years so after back that, back to pre-crash it, it, levels. It, it, it almost doubled just a couple of years later. Mm. So,
0: and that's the thing we don't often see in headlines, isn't it, David? Like, no. it, it, and that's that's a really interesting thing to look at because Veronica says it herself. You know, sometimes people say, "Oh, this suburb is already gone," as if it's yes. not going to have any more growth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the, the the negative cells, the skepticism cells. So, I you know, for me, I think that the mindset. Uh, that would be my first tip is is that mindset is so important and it's getting It's finally getting some play on social media now. I'm seeing Gen Z They're all talking about mental health awareness and mm. in, in this in United States mm. PD what do they call it? personal day? PDOs PTSD. are a big thing oh. now when you're interviewing for a job you 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 talk about personal days off mental health sick days and It's so funny to to me that so many young people can understand the mindset to stay healthy, but they can't. It's hard. There's more fear when it comes to a mindset to plan for the future. And I want to tell everybody, if you're feeling anxious, I've got the cure for anxiety. How about financial stability? You know, you it spread. does
0: definitely help. <laughs> mm, it certainly does so, help. You know, my it?
2: my personal story that I've shared on my show was when I was 21 years old, I rented until I was 28, 29. Uh, so, not eight, nine years in the 90s. When I got into real estate, I did a spreadsheet that was $104,000 in 90s dollars. When I moved home from Hollywood back down to my beach town in Orange County, California, uh, I got a $1,500 security deposit back. I could have easily purchased a home when I was 21 years old with maybe five dollars or $10,000 down and my mortgage would have been exactly the same as my rent. And instead of moving home with 1500 bucks, I could have moved home with hundreds of thousands in equity. I could have rented that place out and had income coming to me forever One of the things that I think you do so well on your podcast is you really, I spent a lot of time working on the mindset and the fear and the how to just make it happen because Mm -hmm. we have some ridiculous stat, like 38% of people surveyed last year still thought you needed 20% down. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of, 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 Hey, Hey, over here, listen, you don't need to, what you guys do so great is you, you really get into the numbers and the the mindset of this is for you, but let's think about the long term and let's think about investing. And I think that's the great thing between the two areas, because you have those variable rates, you have to think in eight to 10 year chunks where some of my people are thinking one house down the street from mom, I'm good for 30 years. So that's yeah. where- I love, I love what you guys bring to it because it helps me talk to my people about the the mindset, which we we talked about, people having a, a present day fearful mindset when once you understand you can get in, now let's figure out how this is gonna work for you. In the States, I think it's every it used to be every like five years, now it's every nine years people move. So people come to me and they're talking about 30 year fixed, 30 year fixed, 30 year fixed. And I'm like, are you gonna live here forever? Are you going to have mm-hmm. kids? Do you and ever think you might some get a promotion? Who
0: do you know they never leave the hometown? They raise their children around the corner from mum and dad, and and that's their life. But majority of people, yeah, they they throw they they're expanding. They're going out there and they're they're looking at other ways to do this and other ways to live. Um, and I'll, I'll roll into to mine, and, and mine really dovetails well with yours, Dave. And that my, my first life hack is keep it in perspective. Because from a mindset perspective, whilst you need a long-term plan and you need to think about where will I be in five years, ten years, and we talk about this in, in various parts of Your First home Buyer Guide, you, you need to think about these things. But when you commit to an individual property purchase or an individual mortgage, and that's often the thing that people are most fearful of is the mm. mortgage, which might have a 25-year or a 30-year term – You're really not actually committing to a 25 or 30-year mortgage because most people in Australia, most houses turn over about every seven to ten years. So the average turnover timeframe in a mortgage is seven to ten years. It's not 25 to 30 years. Um, And you don't have to think about, am I going to be able to afford this house in 30 years, you know, these mortgage payments in 30 years' time? You have to get a little bit of perspective around how much rent am I paying? What what are my costs? How does this look in the big picture? How long do I think I'm going to be here? Is this the right house for me for a period that might be seven to ten years? And we talk about ten years being... Yeah, probably around that right time because of the cost to get in and the cost to get out that erodes some of your capital gain. Um, But as Veronica pointed out when we had our last chat, you know, the capital gains and the compounding nature of capital gains in Australia means that this savings plan that you develop for yourself isn't just about what you outlay on a weekly or a monthly basis. It's actually the savings that you're generating through the asset and the compounding nature of capital growth. And that is the absolute beauty of property.
1: In this country, absolutely. It, it's obviously, it's funny because you'd never buy a property in Australia thinking you're going to be able to get as good a property with for the same amount of money you might pay in rent. So it is, mm. there are some, some key differences, but what you're saying there, Megan, is so true. The people often are fearful of the debt and so think, oh, I don't want to sign myself up for 30 yeah. years. He, the, I don't know anyone who's still got the same mortgage that they signed up to when they first bought their property. <laughs> you know, no but, Because they will either refinance or or they'll they'll sell up and move, you know? So mm. actually, so I, I so agree. I think putting it in perspective is so important. My next hack is you can always find work, right? Now I finished uni in the middle of a recession in Australia. In Australia, we haven't had a recession for thirty years, except for COVID. Forget that, right? So we have not had a recession for 30 years. I finished university in the middle of a recession, right, and through So are our- talking
0: 90s, early 90s? We are 80s, I have to admit. Oh, there yes. you go. finished uni in 89
1: and I'd had jobs all the way through uni, sometimes two or three at a time, right, and I kept two jobs for a few years after starting my first full-time job as well, right? And that was sort of my play money. Um, and these ga- days you can add the gig economy and side hustles mm. to the more traditional opportunities working in retail or hospo, right? Hospitality. Hospo. That's – um, so – you know, and this is—we're talking to um, first home buyers at the moment in Australia who are worried about rising interest rates because we have variable mortgage rates here, as opposed to the that really lovely gift of a fixed thirty-year
0: fixed rate 30 in the US. I don't want to joke.
1: <laughs> what a joke!
0: <laughs> sorry, so- sorry, our listeners in Australia, but they can fix for thirty years, which you know could go either way. But if you fixed in the last couple of years, you'd be absolutely laughing.
1: You might keep that one for 30 years. (laughs) Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't want to get rid of that one
1: but you know if you buy a good asset we talk about buying good assets in Australia because you can lose money in property in Australia don't don't Mm. get us wrong you can buy a dud asset real crap apartment in a a massive complex with lots and lots and lots of crap apartments and it might be worth the same in 10 years as it is today or less and your rent will not cover your mortgage so you don't want to be doing that yeah but if you buy a good asset that is going up in value one that you want to keep I mean there's a bit of a saying in Australia that Australians would do everything to pay their mortgage. You know, they'll eat tuna. Yeah, eat tuna and rice. for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than 2-minute noodles. Yeah. And so that's, you know, so my hack is you can always find work if you once you mm. buy a good asset that's worth holding, remember that that Things never do – my first hack is that that life never ends. Well, it does, but you know what I mean? Things don't (laughs) always – Whether you have a crisis, it's not all over Red Rover, right? So because sometimes you have to ride out tough times is really why I'm trying very clumsily to say there, you can always find work. So anyway, that's my second hack. Over to oh, you, I like David. That one, Veronica.
0: Yeah, because well, we all have, right? We all we've all tried side hustles and oh, yeah. increasing income when times are hard, and you know, we being in the real estate industry, it cycles up and down.
2: Mm. It's not always great, and and understanding that, I think you know, because the, the first thing I talked about was was mindset, because it's important to adjust, and then you know, something I talk about a lot, and my second little hack here is is to realize that there's recency bias Mm. you've only been thinking about this for two years and listen to your moms listen to your crazy american uncle let us (laughs) give you all the the long history so that you can have that perspective and when you understand the history and the data of everything and you realize you you can actually see those cycles in black and white you can hear that the the GFC for you and the Great Recession for me was 2008, but we were back in America mm-hmm. in five years. You know yeah. the I, I think the perspective part of everything to to once your mindset is set and you realize it. Well, how about this fact and data? You remember where we were a couple of years ago? The world was freaking ending, and mm-hmm. nobody and we're look at us. Up. And yeah. and and last year or this year, 2022. I've helped thousands of people buy homes where, you know, a couple of years ago, there was nobody even wanting to leave their home or their <laughs> rental or their apartment. <laughs> and that, that perspective and understanding if you have the, the real facts and data and not the clickbait headlines, not the people just complaining on your social media, not listen, listen that's the sad thing. Even with the news now, the news has still got to get you. They gotta it's keep
0: got It's got to be sensational, hasn't
2: it? Yeah, the scarier the headline. It doesn't
0: relate to the actual topic that is discussed in the article.
2: Well, right, na- right now we have so many headlines in the US. Housing's dropping at an incredible rate. Mm. Well, yeah, mm. it was insane. It's like if, if you've got a scale of 1 to 10 and something's running at 11 and it goes back to 9.5, Yes. If people go, oh, it dropped so far. Well, yeah, it had to or we were going to blow up. So, but the
0: perspective is nine and a half is still good.
2: Exactly,
0: and that's what's not sort of coming through in some of those sensational headlines and articles is. And Veronica, you talk about it as well, and, and we're not seeing it as greatly in Brisbane yet. But y- when you are running at eleven and you come back to nine and a half, it is still good because we've well, got to look back further further and further to say, oh, look how far we've come since 2011. Mm -hmm. I hear an auctioneer, I had
1: an auctioneer describe this really well, saying basically, you know, we were just flying, we were driving down the freeway at 160 k's an hour before and now we've slowed down to 120. We're still going fast. It just feels like we're going slow compared to 160. And we do, we readjust to our new reality all the time. And so, Mm. but also, you know, it's so much more negative. Oh, it's falling. And it's interesting because you see these charts, um, talking about data and numbers and, and I look at these charts that show growth rates and if you look at the rate of growth in a chart they're really volatile Your actual see as opposed to growth so the rate of growth versus the growth um, and the charts it's interesting to know when you've got headlines and articles which chart they choose to use you know yes. the rate of growth showing how the growth the gross rate is changing month to month versus the price change and it's a subtle thing but on- honestly when you see those charts it's alarming because they really go up and they go down they're really really scary but it took me a long time to wrap my head around them myself and i consider myself an expert in this space
2: I you Sorry, know well, I, I think- was listening to one of your your podcasts and it, uh, I don't even know it might have been two or three years ago and you don't remember but I think Veronica you brought up a book about this uh-huh. uh, how the- to
0: lie with statistics yes that was it for- how to <inaudible> lie with statistics. lies damn lies and statistics which yeah. which no. so- which sounds like
2: it's a, it's a horrible evil book but you explain that it's actually so that you can recognize what it's being done to you and yeah. Yeah, you can it, get
1: this. This was written in 1954, How to Lie with Statistics, right? And it is a really easy read. You can get it online. I actually found literally a photocopied version that had been scanned online. I didn't even have to pay for it. Um, <laughs> oh, so great. it's out of copyright, you know, which is a bit sad. I mean, you probably could pay for it. But, I, yeah. you know, I, I that's what, was, what popped up when I first Googled it. So I read this thing. Kent Lardner, who's our resident, our data geek here, He's the one that put me onto it. He learned. He read it at university and honestly, it's the best read and it's not a hard read. And once you read that and you get and understand how things get pivoted you and that's not even a life hack that was even in my list. But, yeah, I love that book. I, it is I, so true because, because if podcast. you look at a
0: newspaper, you can have the same set of statistics supporting two different sides of the same argument. Yeah, And I think that's so important to be aware of and it's such a good point for you to make because you can. You can read to a absolutely opposing ideas about the property market but using the same statistics
2: which is why it's so important that we point out to people you know not just in australia or the u.s but everywhere that when you're buying this present day mindset is so important to realize that you know self-awareness is the people who are the most self-aware are the people who succeed if you Mm. understand not just your you know, fantastic things that you bring to the table, but some of your flaws and your blinders. And I think one of the things when people start hearing the stats that they don't realize is that, you know, I I want to say to them, but I never do because I realize I will sound so pejorative and so talking down to them. I want to say, sweetie, you're 22. You're 24. You're 25. Do you think... And, and if you're still here and you're listening to this podcast, you're, what, 25 minutes in? So I'm pretty sure that you've n- never been evicted in your life, that, you know, you're you're probably thinking about And if you have, not a problem. We could still make that work. I'm just saying that the people who are here listening to us ramble on about this, you're in way better shape than you think you are. And mm. it's only going to get better. Do you think you're never going to get a promotion? And yet people buy like that mortgage today. Mm. And even though mine's fixed for 30, yay, go USA. Woo. Um, You know, there's (laughs) just the fact that you could lock it in for seven or 10 or whatever you crazy Australians do over there. That's still a long time for your life to change. And if you're young... Mm and you're still listening i assume you have an expectation of some growth and excitement and change in your life so in 5 years what is scary today is going to feel quite comfortable
0: absolutely yeah, exactly right and and it and it rolls into my next hack which is if you get it wrong you can recover yes. because fear is one of the biggest things that stops people taking action and sometimes it's what you don't know that you don't know that actually makes you take the wrong action so you know that enlightenment that um uh, you know there's ah moments and getting rid of some of the biases that you've developed over time Veronica our last podcast 100 episode 101 I think it was we talked about you know the learning the four stages of learning and and actually having to empty your brain of biases that might have been put in there by other people in the past but if you get it wrong you can actually recover it's a, fear is a huge barrier to action, but if you make a mistake with your first property, you can correct it. Now, hopefully, because you are actually in listening to a podcast like this, you're listening to David if you're in the US, hopefully what you're doing is actually arming yourself with enough information that you can get it right. But that doesn't mean that if you've you're already taken the step and you're thinking, oh my God, what have I done? I think I've made the wrong decision. You actually can correct. You can get back on the right path. But You know, it it is about kind of probably you might lose a little bit to get back on the right path and that's okay, but actually taking the action to get yourself on the right path, that is as brave as taking the first step in actually buying a property. And, Veronica, we've had a student, um, a couple, a family actually, weren't they? They had Mm. purchased a property. They realised they'd made a terrible mistake with what they purchased and they made a very, very brave decision to exit that property. They put a plan in place. They educated themselves. And then the property that that they bought, they were doing your first home buyer guide, but they'd purchased previously. What they decided to do was actually fill themselves with the right information so that when they purchased this next one, they actually did get themselves on the right track. And that is going to put them in such a positive position financially as they move forward with their young family. It's interesting that because time is your friend,
1: obviously, um, when you make mistakes in property. And so that's another good reason not to keep delaying, delaying, delaying. If you mm. are ready to buy and, you know, you're in the right mindset and all the rest of it, but the fear is what's step, you know, in your way, fear of getting it wrong. Well, hey, yes, you're in the right place. You're learning from, you know, two mums and your uncle. Um, so you've got to minimise your opportunity to make a mistake. But you also, you've got a runway there. And, and mm. recognizing and then correcting quickly is obviously in your advantage. But certainly I think too that fear of making a mistake, getting in the way of doing anything and then actually that is the biggest mistake,
0: Yeah, not doing anything. You know, it's really sad. Inertia. It's, it's, it's almost analysis paralysis for some people because they can't move beyond the what if. What if I don't have a job. What if I don't get that higher income? What if I buy the wrong property? So analysis paralysis is such a big barrier for people being able to overcome the fear and actually move forward.
2: And there's so much of that with, you know, the people I work with here in North America and understanding, you know, my the end of every episode I tell my my buyers because I didn't do it and I could have when I was 21. I tell them, you can do this. And I just recorded a podcast right now because we're at a stalemate in the U.S. right now. Sellers aren't selling and buyers aren't buying.
0: And we're coming
2: into the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So we're absolutely at just like people ask me, what's going on with the market? I say nothing. Like actually nothing. (laughs) No one's doing anything. So I, at Is everyone just podcast, sort of looking I at say, each other and
0: it's a little game of chicken or a bit yeah, of a Yeah, it's a game of chicken or? and
2: they're sitting. Mm. So I tell people, you can do this doesn't mean you can press play to the next podcast. You can do this means do something. So don't let the analysis paralysis get in your way. You know, yeah. I will find people that will spend six months analyzing the interest rate and... Uh, I need to, and, and I need to tell them. Cheater. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I need to tell them if you spent one tenth of the amount of time getting your oh, I love this phrase. You guys say your support team. I say team. And I, I now I've been throwing support in front of it because it's such a great adjective. Yeah. If yeah. you spent one tenth of your time getting your support team, your mortgage broker and your buyer's agent, that you spent analyzing and your nerdy spreadsheet for the interest rate (laughs) the interest rate's going to change fifty thousand times before you write an offer so spend way more time understanding that getting getting that support team to give you all these other things to do you know you spend all your time analyzing and being paralyzed with what about this data what about that data Mm -hmm. well you should have been working on your credit score you should have been figuring out During how much debt you have. Years. And, you know, then people will pay off all their debt. And I'm like, well, wait, we, we actually needed a little bit of that cash. You could have kept a little debt and you would have been fine. But, you know, they just get so locked in that fear. And that's, yeah, that that is, that is something I see so often. And that's why I love what you guys talk about.
0: The they spreadsheet's also, a really interesting one because – sorry, this is what we do. This is what we do, David. We like, blah, 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 blah. We get a bit um, excited and talk over each other. <laughs> I, I had a client who was an engineer <laughs> and he was a spreadsheet king. And oh, I yeah. swear to God, I ended up saying to him, if you don't delete that thing and start <laughs> making some decisions – I am going to take the computer away from you because he was extrapolating out nine, ten percent interest rates, and this is a, a few years ago when we were yeah. sitting at a, oh, somewhere around four, three and a half, four. So pre-COVID, and this this the, the analysis that he'd done over about the last thirty years of interest rate rises and falls was just paralyzing him. He could not make a decision and move forward, and yet he was on a, a really strong upward trajectory with his income. So career-wise. He actually was, you know, a little bit light on what he thought he was going to be earning way over the top with interest rates. And I said to his wife, if you don't get rid of that thing, I'm going to throw the laptop out the window. He'd be driving her nuts. <laughs> he like, absolutely would she, she, like, she was quite relaxed and, and, and a little bit um, bohemian, minutes. you know, so they actually worked really well together. But, you know, it took a little bit of counselling to move those two forward.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had a girl who works for Apple uh, who still hasn't bought uh, she's in, you know, Northern California The Bay Area where Apple's headquarters are And uh, I have a song Every time she, because she'll call me like once a month And she rents for You know, $5,800 And so I just, you know, I'll say $5,800 wasted I'll turn <laughs> on your call and then it, You know, I, I I make it different every time To keep her entertained But, you know, every <laughs> month that she, that she waits Just can't commit You know
1: well, mm. there's, there's got to be some people that just let fear dominate their lives and unfortunately life does go on, you know, and you do get older and you do, do not want to get to our age and not have a property, I think that's sort of fundamentally, you've got to be thinking at some point you've got to make a decision, at some point you've got to take action, at some point, otherwise you are going to get to our age and not have a property mm. and then you look around all those people and you go, oh, it's not fair. Well, it's actually <laughs> totally fair. You all, you had the opportunity. It's it's what you do with that. And I and I do I do understand the people that particularly the numbers based people who get very fixated on one number because there is a lot of negativity out there in in the press and there is a lot of fear around mm-hmm. debt and there's a lot of talk about it, particularly in Australia. We, we've got very high levels of household debt, and debt is a, something you want to avoid. But not all debt is bad debt, and it's having the concept of what is good debt versus what is bad debt. And this isn't even one of my life hacks, but I'm going to throw it in there. Um, Maybe I should swap my uh, my last life hack because good debt is for on assets, things that actually appreciate over time. Good debt might be your college education, you know, going into debt to get an education, buying a if you're a plumber. Buying a van, going into debt to buy a van, the tools of your trade,
0: that could be good debt. it generates debt. an income as opposed that's, to a car that just looks good.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. You don't want to go and buy a Mustang necessarily, not necessarily good debt. Um, and that applies in Australia and in America, mm. I do believe. Um, yes. So, you know, and obviously a house or a home that you can expect to appreciate in value, so that comes back to making good choices again, is a good, that's good debt. Going into mm. debt for an asset like that. Bad debt, buying Mustangs, um, you know, <laughs> going on holidays. Do you not go Close, into debt to go on a holiday? Handbags,
0: shoes, <laughs> holidays all the <laughs> all things that, that are, you know, are lovely to have, but don't generate an income or increase in value in a, in such a way you could argue that a designer handbag might go up, but you know, mm. there's probably not a lot of methodology around that.
1: But the problem is, though, they feel safer because they're small amounts of money. Mm-hmm, and that's the, mm. that's the paradox. So they're not really safer because what they're doing is moving you further away from being in a position to get some good debt. And the good debt applied correctly will actually make your life better and, and return on that investment. So there you go. That, therein, therein lies that little lesson good debt versus
2: bad debt. And see, and that that goes right into my next hack, which is understanding that that purchasing your home is a forced savings account. Yes, uh, we've, yes. We, we've got a we've got a little university here in uh, the United States. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called Harvard, and uh, it, it was, has come uh,
0: across the the pond. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah have you yeah. heard of it?
2: I think it was ten years ago I made a video on YouTube, pre-podcast, talking about this Harvard study. And the big thing they talked about was the forced savings account. And yeah, here in America, when rates were lower, it was a lot easier to be a straight replacement. So all you had to do was come up with the down payment and the mortgage was the same as the rent. Ah. But even there in Australia, understanding that if you decide as a renter, I'm going to put money away and then you go ahead and you save an extra thousand or $2,000 a month and put it away. Well, you have the option, let's say you go from a two thousand rental to a four thousand mortgage. By by putting four thousand into that mortgage, you're using two thousand dollars that wasn't being used anywhere. That rent money, that initial rent money is being used and then you're adding another two thousand to it and you're creating a forced savings account. And that I think is the mindset for people to understand, okay they just can't wrap their brain around it. Okay, here I am today I'm already paying this much in rent. Yes, yes you are. How about we put that into a, an appreciating asset? And mm. sure, then you got to stretch, but look, you were going to you were going to talk to someone about a 401k or a retirement plan or something anyway. So now instead of just putting money into just that extra portion, now you can take this big chunk and put it into an asset that takes you, you know, to financial stability.
0: I, th- I think the other thing about that is you can add value to that asset in a way that you can't add value to perhaps a car or, or a handbag, which is a more palatable feeling of debt or size of debt. But you know, little bits that you do, if you do them right, um, they they can actually increase. You can add to the value of the property by doing things to it. So it is something that can be molded, and it can you can influence to an extent or to a degree, what that property is worth over over time, particularly in Australia where, you know, there is quite a – it's not so much a price per square metre um, kind of – or uh, square foot, I apologise, David. Um, no, no, no. are largely we're, sold on.
2: We're the ones that have decided we're doing our own thing. The rest of the world <laughs> uses the, on. that system. <laughs> we moved on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just that you guys haven't caught up, isn't it? We used to be imperial – <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we tried in the seventies and they shot it down. When I was a kid I learned about centimeters and meters. Um
0: Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Easier. It's yeah. tens. Uh, in
2: tens. <laughs> but we're Americans. Let's make it confusing and make no sense. Um <laughs> so it it it's so interesting. Um oh my goodness, what were you just talking about? I have oh, about adding about
0: value adding and yeah, value through do you, renovating
2: do do yeah. you say sweat equity do your realtors say that that
0: is absolutely a term that is yeah. used adding value in, you know um renovating yes. uh sweat equity
2: americans are nuts for their do-it-yourself home improvement shows we have a, a cable channel that I think that that's all they run 24 yeah. hours a day. Yeah, um, which is, shows. yeah. It's great for people to understand it. What, what I don't like is that they go for only $10,000. And I'm like, wait a minute, you brought in a professional. What about his labor cost? That just yeah. never gets mentioned in the show. But.
1: It's the sponsors. The reason yeah, it only yeah, costs yeah. $10,000 $10, is because the blinds were provided free by the sponsor and the yeah. blinds were provided free provided free by the sponsor, et cetera, et cetera. It's like I'm yelling at television, that's unrealistic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I think I think there are lots of shows that us realtors yell at. So.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but the th- idea that, that's is the good. Point. I, I, think-
2: it, I was just going to say that's the point. It's helping to educate and helping people to understand You know, okay, you might think this, that's wonderful, but come here, let's talk to your mom for a minute. Let me give you the real story. And the real story is not as bad as the terrible stuff you've been hearing.
1: Notice how we're two moms and an uncle. Like, I wonder why we haven't talked about the dad.
2: Oh, (laughs) I love this. You ladies... Ah, oh, it was my, I, that's why I said to you were my spirit animal. So the present day mindset of the buyers, there's, if you're going to flip that switch and start thinking about your purchase as you ladies talk about so great as an investment and what we like to call adulting, then <laughs> um, one of the things you have to realize is that this purchase is going to be for you. And it's scary right now, but no, you're going to be able to afford it. You're always going to have work. You're always going to get promotions, which means what you talked about was so great that maybe, maybe mom and dad don't get to make every decision on your purchase. So please, ladies, expand for my audience.
0: was <laughs> well, one of the often- really early episodes, wasn't it? Veronica oh, Yeah, yeah talking about
1: yeah. It's probably the three biggest mistakes, at listening to your dad, getting, <laughs> getting property advice from your dad. <laughs> Too many people defer to their father. And, and, of course, you know, the old alpha male thing where the dad must know, the head of the family, all that sort of palaver. And it's like it's like actually we've all moved on as a society, hopefully. Well, we're still in the process, unfortunately. They're still not True equality everywhere, but there should be. But you know, Dad doesn't always know best just because he's got the loudest voice and just because he's sort of a bit more opinionated, he's been allowed to get away with it for a long time. If this rings true for your family, then think. Hang on a minute, Dad's only bought two houses in his lifetime. Why should he be the expert just because the last one one. was
0: fifteen years ago? Yeah, because he (laughs) owns
1: it today doesn't mean he's an expert. You know, and what I what we see, particularly. Here, particularly in Sydney where I live, we have an auction uh, 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 culture for property. A large proportion of our properties are sold at auction, which is a bizarre concept for most other countries in the world, definitely in the us right so you have an auction you got all these people line up they've registered a bid and they're all and and i love going to whether i'm bidding at them or whether i'm um just a spectator and i've i've written a book on auctions so that's how much i'm interested in auctions and what i love is watching the alpha dad bid for their son or daughter and it's like they you know can you swear on your podcast over because i'm going to go if you're going to use this audio
2: Dick swinging, they're just out there dick swinging, right? Well, I just listened to that episode, and you <laughs> censored yourself on your own episode. You said, "I don't think I'm allowed to say this," but I knew what you meant.
0: <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that's what you say.
2: This it sort is of posturing. It is. It's,
1: it's yeah,
0: it's like there's two dads. And if you've <laughs> and so ever go, been at an auction where there's two dads, wow, oh, what
1: an event! I've seen the adult children say to dad stop bidding please it's over my limit <laughs> don't worry son I'll help you because I'm alpha dad <laughs> don't you worry we'll just keep bidding we can win we're gonna win we're gonna beat these guys that's it beat to a pulp and overpay good on you alpha dad <laughs> it's just his sort of attitude it's so funny and it comes out really often it's often enough for me to have you know, written about really the testosterone bitter. but there's this definite sort of uh, the dad thing. I've very rarely seen a mum behave quite the same in
0: public. I have to say, <laughs> no, she's usually the one saying, "Oh, honey, I don't, I don't think that we should. I don't think they should be paid. Kevin, a stop lot it, of money, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Can you stop? it? Sorry, these? honey. We'll Evan. sell some shares." what <laughs>
2: we, and it's it's so interesting that that you say that and i i, I try not to when i heard you talking about this because i think megan you said that you had someone pay, like overpay a hundred grand because they were alpha dating for one of your properties or or some, oh, something somebody was there saying was that
0: a, no there was a um it was actually an aussie expat who was by a a, a place to move back to and it was Look, the worst one that I was involved with was over $200,000 over what we had appraised the property at and they'd set their limit at. And he just kept going bid, bid, bid. And I pulled up the auction and, and said to him, you need to take a moment, take a really deep breath. And he said, I will win this. It doesn't matter what it takes. And I looked at his wife and she said, oh, I've lived like, I've lived with this forever. And wow. <laughs> okay. okay. And so, I kept having to get him to sign increases on bid limits. and Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> so in America, it's so interesting that you say that we have a different win culture. Well, it, it, the same alpha competitive culture, the the thing that American real estate agents talk about is dads are inspection deal killers. <laughs> there's a there's yeah. a thing that they talk about. There's like, you know, yeah. all the memes Moms like, are often you know, here. they've yeah. got two pictures of before and after. A realtor all happy on the way to an inspection with first time buyers. And then the yeah. next one is them just like crying, you know, horrible, you know, over a big bottle of liquor because they found out dad's coming to the inspection. Oh. And that's
1: so. It, so it's, Dad's it's like the expert killer. that has to pick it apart. Is that yeah. is that what happens? <laughs> yeah.
2: But, but what's really interesting is I never put it together. It's they have to win. They have mm. to win that deal. So they know more. They have to be yeah. able to show they know more, and then be able to tear the house apart. And and as as you mentioned, mm. and you know, we say this all with fun and love as your uncles and mums, but really. Fifteen years ago, two deals. Well, first of all, if you haven't done a purchase of a home in the last 15 days, you don't know what's going on. (laughs) And second of all, hopefully your representative has bought and sold two homes in the last two weeks, let alone 15 years. So God bless them. But unless they're going to come over and be, like, like, the inspection killers, I say, you know, I'll say the dad, that's great. That's fantastic. What weekend can you come over and fix that? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: it all, all-knowing dad. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, Megan, if you got a third eye What hack? are we up to? So, Veronica, you touched on this a little bit before. I'm going to say it's never too late to start. You know, you said if you get to our age, it might be a little bit too late. But any time up until that no it's I, too late to make a mistake mistake fair enough yes. yeah you can't so,
1: recover from your mistake if you do it at our age
0: <laughs> so it's not too late to start it doesn't matter whether you're 21 i was 21 when i bought my first house but i got my family involved and we, and we did it um, in in a way that actually worked for all of us but you know first job out of university was on a low wage but I believed in my trajectory my income trajectory was going to go in the right direction and that that was what I really pegged it to but the average age of a first home buyer in Australia is 35 that's based on the the most recent census and that's up from 26 in the 1960s so we are definitely getting older and Veronica you and I did a podcast about the anatomy of a first home Mm. buyer a, a few episodes ago I think it was 80 episode 89 um Check that one out, but uh, in the US, I think David, it's thirty six is the average age of a first time buyer now.
2: Yeah, same thing. Ours ours went up uh, to from thirty four to thirty six yeah, this year. Yeah. So but we, are we have the same older. thing years ago. It was in the twenties.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And and it, you know, there's travel, there's there's um, establishing careers, there's moving around and being a lot more mobile. Not so much. Th- during covid because that is an anomaly but it is a reason that the, the 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 average age but there's also the fear factor and people do have that fear factor of wanting to commit to the long term and the fear of well, what if i do make a mistake but but I, I think, you know, my hack is it's not too late. We have students who are in their forties. And I helped a first home a first time investor who was in their mid forties. So they said, look, we need to do something, but they needed to make sure that their strategy was right for their age group. And they had to understand that their tolerance for risk was different to what it might have been in their 20s because they didn't have that big runway. So mm. leaving it longer will narrow your options significantly, but it's not too late. So if you're listening to this and you are 40, it's not too late. You just have to do it a little bit differently and with a bit bit of a different strategy to make sure that you're managing for a much shorter timeframe.
2: I had a uh, a listener who uh, I ended up interviewing on my podcast 59 and a half, and she was an academic and you know lived the humble life of a grad student and then you know a published author. And of course, because our society is so wonderful, she got paid peanuts to do this and eventually realized that as she was getting to this point in her life, uh, whether it was medical or you know what she was going to need to do to take care of herself, that. It purchasing something and having it uh, again utilizing our American uh, wonderful system fixed that yeah. having that payment stable since her income was about to be fixed through our social security system she could take her spreadsheet and write it out for the next thirty years and know <laughs> exactly what she was going to pay and what she was going to get and she was fantastic she was uh, God bless her she thought I was hip. I laughed at that, but I was like, sure I am, sweetie. Love you. Oh, young fellow you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we've actually had a, we had someone write in to us that is in their 70s. Now, not exactly a first home buyer, uh, granted, but still a listener. And, you know, I'm just thrilled to be able to help anybody, really. But, um, yeah. you know, how cool. It's young at heart, you know. But I, I totally agree with you, Megan. It's not too late as long as you can afford it right so it's mm-hmm. that thing about your example there david with um you know if you've got a pension and you've got a fixed interest rate you can get the mortgage and you can afford that and and that makes sense and and i think a lot of people particularly if they've had kids and through those child rearing years they may not have been able to afford it and have got you know kid expenses education expenses and all the rest yeah. of it yeah you know once you get through that that changes potentially creates opportunities that way as well so mm-hmm. sometimes do people do make sacrifices in terms of owning their own property until when they've got more cash flow freed up and and less you know less of those other responsibilities so yes we are great encouragers of the old, particularly older women because yeah. the fastest growing cohort of homelessness in this country is actually single women over the age of yeah. fifty. So Oof. we would like to help prevent that, you know, by getting more women into property ownership as well. So totally on board with you with that hack, Megan.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think it, that that falls right into the you know what we're talking about with the present day mindset and understanding that life will ebb and flow, and you know you you can wake up one day. It was really funny. You you were just talking about the. The cash flow increase that you know a parent will get into their system when you know their child finishes university yeah. or they move out of the house. Uh, here in America, uh, we start at grade one public education, but a lot of people do preschool, and preschool is a privatized, paid. And I talk to a lot of young first-time homebuyers who are so freaked out about it. And then I let them know like, how, how old is little Johnny? Well, you're about to get $800 a month next year when he goes into what we call kindergarten here, because that's free. And it, it, understanding those ebbs and flows of where mm. you are, it's mm. never too late because you're going to either be making more or you're gonna have more cash flow or, you know, something's going to change and you're going to be in a position, as long as you're talking to the right people, to figure out the right plan that can work for your lifestyle moving forward.
1: Which goes back to what you were saying at the beginning about, or well, somewhere in there, about sure. the support crew, your support team. Yeah. That, that you know, getting the right advice. And, and I love the fact that, that you've got your podcast, we've got ours, that there's this free information out there. Um, and obviously for us, if you want to do our course, you'd have to pay for that, you know, because that's the way our system works. In America, the whole, you know, you get a broker for free in America and so you can get a free education actually on David's website as well if you're buying in America. It's a totally different system, you know, because in Australia it's very much user pays around uh, buying property. Mm-hmm um but also when you go to sell it you're not paying quite so much in your fees to your selling agent as well because anyway that's a whole other topic a whole other podcast we're so thrilled to all get together and and run through these Gen Xer life hacks for you guys um we hope you appreciate and if you really like hearing from David then let us know and maybe we'll do another joint episode at some point in the future thank you so much David it's been great Absolutely. And
2: and I can tell you as a, a completely unbiased, just random guy from all the way around the world, uh, if you want to be a first time buyer, the number one thing that everybody has ever told me is, boy, I wish I started planning earlier. I don't know what you gals are charging, but whatever it is, listeners out there pay them three times as much and you will save 10 times because the people who plan for six or 12 months before they buy and getting the wisdom of these two moms, I just, it's something that, that there, there aren't a lot of people doing it. And the real reason to you listeners out there is because People in real estate, they want to make the big bucks, and they want to. And but what you, what you girls are doing, and what you, and you're helping people, it is. It's not going to make you rich, and I know that. And the people out there need to understand that whatever the cost is, you're going to make it all back, and that is a straight up. They didn't tell me to say that. I'm just actually. Because I'm trying to get people out here to listen to my podcast because I'm just one weird guy going, I messed up. You shouldn't do that. Give me a microphone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you, David, that for that That is well. <laughs> lovely. Thank you for your observations. We'll, we'll hopefully see you again soon. Thanks, girls. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for 1st home buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please
1: share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.